Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. How much fun was that? See, this is why you got to join Chancel Choir, just to get to sing fun stuff like that and to get to hang out with these guys, right? (laughs) Oh, we are in this series called Positive Some Rain. This is our giving series for this season. My name is Pastor Michelle Morris. I'm the uh, lead pastor here. And as we're looking at Positive Some Rain, it's this idea that you may set an expectation for how you're going to come in, but... When you add God into the mix, you get so much more. And that is what we're going to be looking at. So uh, during this series, we're going to see the tension between people who have kind of low expectations and those that step into the vision that God has. And we'll see the tension between those. And this is a great way to start out with that by starting these two anecdotes from chapter 6 in the Gospel of Mark. So hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Where did this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? What about the powerful acts accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by him and fell into sin. Jesus said to them, Prophets are honored everywhere except in their own hometowns, among their relatives and in their own households. He was unable to do any miracles there except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was appalled by their disbelief. Then Jesus traveled through the surrounding villages teaching. He called for the twelve and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick. No bread, no bags, and no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons, and they anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Ever do something you weren't quite prepared for? You thought you were prepared for it, but you got some surprises. So actually the week that I found out I was going to be coming to Bentonville, I was up near Branson taking a vacation, and I had read a few Yelp reviews about this place called Dogwood Canyon, and it seemed like it would be a lovely day. You could go for a walk, enjoy the beauty of the dogwoods in bloom, such a nice thing to do, and I thought, I have my camera equipment with me, I'm going to take it, 
And I'm also, I might get a little thirsty while I'm out there. I'm going to take one bottle of Gatorade. Camera equipment, one bottle of Gatorade, and my naivete. That was at work <laughs> that day. <laughs> and so when I got out there, I learned that at the end of the canyon, there were some buffalo that you could go see. And I was very excited. I wanted to go see the buffalo. So I was committed to getting to the end of the canyon. Walking down Dogwood Canyon, kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. Turns out it's seven miles through that canyon. You actually walk from Missouri to Arkansas in that canyon. And when you reach the end of the walking trail, you find a little note there that says, you can't get to the buffalo from here. You needed to start way back at the beginning and ride the tram that takes you to the buffalo. I didn't get to see the buffalo, but I sure got hungry and thirsty, and I ended up with a pain in my foot, and I was definitely grumpy, and I was really regretting all that camera equipment that I had with me. <laughs> didn't even have a granola bar. Come on. And I didn't get to see the buffalo. Boo. I know. Boo. Exactly. But what if I had asked someone else or food, or water, or better information. And that points to the problems that I was struggling with that day. I had problems with both trust and problems with my assumptions. And I'm not alone in those struggles. I think many of us face those these days. And in fact, if you kind of look at where trust and assumptions sit in our world these days. I want to start out looking at trust. And there was a man named Roderick Kramer who wrote a, an article for Harvard Business Review in 2009. And he wrote that he thought that we actually trusted people too much. That what we needed to do was kind of back off on that. That we were hardwired to be social beings and that was working against us. Now, Let's put this in the frame of when he was writing. He was writing when Bernie Madoff was being exposed. And we should have, I mean, there's a clue in the man's name. He made off with a lot of people's money, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, lots of people trusted him. And so that was the frame in which Mr. Kramer was writing this article. So he had a wish that we would trust less. He got his wish. When we look in 2019 at the Pew Research Center's report on trust, it said that 79% of Americans have far too little or too little confidence in one another. 79% of Americans. And that 70% of us believe that low trust makes it harder to solve problems. It does indeed. I couldn't make another bottle of Gatorade appear out of nowhere. Then when we look at assumptions, there's a, a work that's being done at MIT on what's called Bayesian integration. And Bayesian integration looks at this process of combining prior knowledge with uncertain evidence. And when it comes to us trying to make decisions, when we have prior knowledge and uncertain evidence, we will favor the prior knowledge. And in fact, we favor it so much that our brain actually remaps and makes pathways that make us default to choose in the direction of our prior knowledge and ignore the newness of the situation that's before us. 
A quote that I pulled out of that article reading about this said, when we are uncertain about something, we automatically rely on our prior experience to optimize behavior. It's why I left with one bottle of Gatorade, because I had taken a lot of lovely little walks at tourist locations, and I made assumptions that those walks would be the same as the walk I was about to be on. These passages that I read for us today are dealing with challenges of assumptions and trust. First of all, the crowd in Jesus' hometown has assumptions about Jesus, right? They know from prior experience that he is the carpenter. He's Mary's son. He's these people's brother. Even though they're having the experience of hearing him teach with authority and they have heard the stories that he has changed people's lives and done miracles, even though they have that new information, they don't want to or can't integrate the new information in what they have assumed about him from who they have always known him to be. Y'all, we do this with God all the time. We have these assumptions about God, and we really want God to stay within those assumptions. We like to keep God in this clearly defined box. We don't like the surprises. That's why we don't listen to the prophets, because the prophets are often pushing us in a new direction of understanding God or challenging us to behave in a new way. So we resist that because we want God to stay in this box. When we were discussing this Wednesday night at Bible study, one of the participants in there said, it's a little bit like, let's make a deal. Like, you know, do you want what's behind door number three, right? So we're going to run with that illustration for just a minute here. So imagine you're on, let's make a deal for God. And you have opened your God box and in your God box is a lovely washer and dryer. And you like a washer and dryer God, right? You like it because, you know, you get a little messy. The washer cleans you up. The dryer makes everything fluffy and warm and nice. You really like this washer and dryer God. But then you're given a challenge by the host who says, you can trade this washer and dryer God in for what's behind door number two or what's behind door number three. And you know that one of those choices might be worse than your washer and dryer. But one of those choices you know is so much better. How many of us stick with the washer and dryer? I mean, we do, right? We keep the washer and dryer. Because what happens is that you'd have to trust in the unknown, right? In these passages, the disciples chose what was behind door number three. And I'll admit, it, didn't, it could not have looked good when they were getting the instructions, right? You have one, a walk with just a stick, one pair of sandals, one shirt. Go! No, they were in worse shape than I was when I walked through Dogwood Canyon. I at least had Gatorade, right? So it, it looks worse. And then they discover it's so much better. Because then they have this authority over unclean spirits. They can cast out demons. And with just a little bit of olive oil, they heal people of their sickness. So much more than they could have expected. We are given invitations in these passages. 
Invitations to let go of our assumptions and to trust. To trust that if you give even just a little bit, you're going to get so much more. And it's also an invitation to trust one another. They went out in pairs and then had to trust the people in whose houses they landed. And they experienced God's abundant generosity in trusting one another. And they were able to solve much bigger problems than they thought they could solve. And they remapped their pathways in how they understood God and God's power. They were given an invitation to trust God's provision, to go out there with nothing and let's see what happens. And they were taken care of. They were given an invitation for God to be so much bigger than the washer and dryer. And they saw it. So we are invited to trust, to trust that whatever we give will multiply beyond what we can see, to trust that when we give, that gift is no longer ordinary, but becomes a miracle. Now, when you give, those of us that are leading and helping define our direction must also be trustworthy. And we have worked on that reality of being a trustworthy space for you to give. But we also have to admit that we've all got to let go of our expectations of where we think that will go. Because God is going to surprise us. So, my friends, get ready to go on a walk with God with a lot less than you thought you were walking with, but will become so much more. And my friends, get ready to choose and find out what is behind door number three. And get ready to be surprised. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.